Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 21 of A New Year's Gift by John Shower. Section 23. Meditations of the glory of Christ in his glorified saints and of the thankful admiration of believers when he shall come again from heaven, which shall be continued to all eternity. The terror of our Lord's appearance to judgment cannot be greater to the wicked than the comfort and joy of it will be to the saints. When they shall see him, whom their souls love, ascend with him to heaven and be welcomed according to his promise with those endearing words, Come, ye blessed children of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. Twas for your sakes I assumed flesh, lived on earth, and died on the cross to purchase this glorious kingdom for you, which I now come to give you the possession of. "'Twas for this I prayed and suffered on earth. "'For this I interceded ever since in heaven. "'I was heard in that prayer, accepted in those sufferings, "'and my intercession granted that where I am, "'you may be also to behold my glory. "'Come, therefore, good and faithful servants. "'Enter into your Lord's joy.'" Oh, what ravishing words will these be? What an ecstasy of love and kindness is implied in them? What matter of rejoicing may it now give me to admit the hope that my blessed Savior will say such words as these to me and bid me stand upon his right hand among his sheep? Oh, what an exulting frame of soul will such expressions raise! How shall all my doubts and fears and sorrows be scattered in a moment and cease forever? O glorious day, when my blessed Lord shall thus publicly acknowledge me for his own and plead my cause against all the accusations of Satan and the malicious calumnies of all his instruments, when I shall be able to say of all my sins and sufferings, As my Lord upon the cross, it is finished. It is finished. My warfare being accomplished, being more than conqueror over all, through him who loved me and died for me, and now is come to wipe away all tears from mine eyes, as it were with the napkin that was bound about his head when laid in the grave, all being the fruit of his meritorious death, then shall I have nothing more to fear or wish or beg. I shall offend, provoke, and dishonor him no more, or by my folly and scandal discredit his holy name and gospel, but by consummate holiness be fitted to rejoice in his presence and love and celebrate his praise forever. I shall never more lament his absence or complain of his anger, never see a cloud on his face or a frown in his look any more. Now I must wait and pray, struggle and strive, 
labor and suffer, desire and expect, believe and hope, etc. But then perfect rest and holiness, love and joy, vision and fruition, bliss and glory, unutterable and everlasting shall take place. All the attributes of God, all the wonderful perfections of Christ, will then be glorified in believers and admired by them. His invariable truth will then be honored, which they trusted to and waited for. For now they shall know and find they did not wait in vain. They hoped in his word and ventured their salvation upon it. And now they shall receive the end of their faith and hope infinitely beyond what they ever expected or believed. The glory of divine wisdom will then appear when the constitution, administration, and design of the mediator's kingdom shall be fully known in the admirable order and beauty of every part of it, with the exact tendency of all the particulars to one glorious end, and the whole undertaking crown with so blessed an issue. What is now a mystery, even to believers themselves, and hath a veil upon it, shall then no longer be so. All the riddles of God's grace and providence shall be plainly understood. Oh, how transporting a view must it needs be, when the glory of all the divine attributes which God intended to accomplish in and by Christ shall be manifest to his redeemed saints. The whole method of our salvation will then appear to be the fruit of unsearchable wisdom when we shall all see the reality and substance and entire scheme of all that God designed in and by him, all that was typified of him and foretold concerning him in the Old Testament, how will it all appear to be the manifold wisdom of God? Ephesians 3.10 As in uniting heaven and earth together in the person of our moderator, fulfilling the truth of a terrible threatening in his death, and by the same way accomplishing many gracious promises, satisfying justice, and at the same time showing mercy manifesting infinite grace and kindness by shedding of blood, conquering death by dying, and disarming the law by obedience to it, etc., afterwards subduing the world to the faith of the gospel by the foolishness of preaching, making men wise to salvation by the knowledge of the cross, and spreading that faith the more by all the opposition made against it, etc., how wonderfully will a clear view of these things discover and glorify the wisdom of God. But the love and grace of Christ, the infinite goodness and compassion of God, will then be magnified in an especial manner. What but sovereign love in the whole contrivance and counsel of God about our redemption? What admirable love and grace in the whole management of that design. What unparalleled kindness in the accomplishment of it 
by the sacrifice of the Son of God. And how glorious will this love appear when he shall come again to give us the full harvest of all his purchase. With what admiring thankfulness shall believers then contemplate the unsearchable riches of his grace? In all the parts and instances of his humiliation, from his conception to his crucifixion and burial, in all the evidences and discoveries made of it, from the first promise to its completion, yea, from before the foundation of the world, in the covenant of peace between the Father and the Son, until his second coming to judge the world and deliver up the kingdom to his Father. How shall we then admire and adore his powerful grace which snatched us as firebrands out of everlasting burnings that effectually shined into our minds by heavenly light, conquered the opposition of our stubborn wills, sanctified our carnal hearts, rescued us from the tyranny of Satan and the dominion of lust, giving, cherishing, and preserving the holy seed of grace and making it spring up to eternal life defeating the malicious and subtle endeavors of the devil to destroy it, enabling us to endure tribulation and persevere to the end, giving us victory over death, conducting us through the dark valley, raising our bodies, reviving and reuniting them to our souls, and rendering them glorious like his own body, and at length, rewarding our imperfect services with eternal life. Yea, though our best services were mixed with sin, our holiest duties spotted, our most courageous sufferings mixed with unbelief, yet rewarded with a blessedness that hath no alloy of evil, but all the ingredients of a perfect felicity and nothing to lessen and interrupt it. How shall we then admire the bounty of our gracious Lord, the freeness, tenderness, riches, and the exceeding greatness and glory of his infinite goodness and grace to poor believers? With what ecstasies of joy and gratitude may we imagine that our Lord will be then admired by all his redeemed ones? This concludes episode 21 of A New Year's Gift by John Shower.